God is good, huh? All the time. God is good. Praise the Lord. Woo! Well, we have, uh, we've been uh, working on a series the last several weeks. Um, we've been talking about, you know, walking in the abundant life that we're called to. Look at your neighbor and say, abundant life sounds good to me. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's maybe put our text up there. It is John 10, 10, please. <clears throat> Jesus said this. Of course, there's a lot being said in this whole text, talking about, you know, knowing his voice, hearing it and following it, and talking about the thief and how he comes in and, and uh, you know, trying to take and, and everything. And, and so the enemy, we just, you know, a lot of times we just, uh, even though there's a little bit more meaning to this, but we a lot of times take the thief as basically a type and shadow of the enemy himself. And so the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what Jesus said. That's what he comes to do. How many know the devil's bad? All the time. All the time. The devil's bad. Now, how many know God's good? Jesus said that's what the thief comes to do. But he said, hey, I've come that they may have life, amen, and that they may have it more abundantly, praise God, an abundant life, praise God. How many know God's good? All the time. All the time, God is good. Amen. Praise God. So God's good, the devil's bad. Now, you know, you would uh, clear up a lot of mess just by getting that revelation right there. That's a fact. A lot of people get confused on who God is and what God is, who the enemy is. Come on. A lot of people get confused on it. And so they sit here and blame God for things they got no business blaming God for. But you forget you got an enemy. So we've been talking about this abundant life, and so we took the last several weeks, and we've been talking about this enemy that we have and how to resist our enemy, praise God, because that's what we're called to do is resist our enemy, praise God. Uh, let's see, let's put uh, a couple of the different uh, translations up there. This is the message. Um, let's see, down here, down toward the bottom here, it starts verse 10. It says, a thief is only there to, what, steal, kill, and destroy. I came so they can have, I like this, real Everybody say real life. Come on. Real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. Now, as I uh, brought out pretty much every week on this uh, translation, the word eternal life uh, means perpetual life, perpetual life. The word life means zoe life is the Greek word, which means absolute life. But anytime you talk about eternal life, uh, you know, most people refer to it and think of it as, as someday when you get to heaven. Am I right? That's what most people do. But Jesus said eternal life, he defines it in John 17, he said eternal life is to know the one, the one true God and the one in whom he sent. So, you know, eternal life begins when you meet him. See, that life that you're called to, it's perpetual, but the word zoe life means absolute life or pure life, which means uh, absent from uh, death, absent from the curse, absent from darkness. And how many know Jesus paid a price for all that, right? So you could have abundant life, praise God, or in this case, this real and eternal life. Let's look at another translation. The Amplified probably is the next one, I'm assuming. Let's see, what do you got up there, Karen? Uh, what do you got? Technical difficulty? All right, well, let me, let me pull it up then in mind. All right. The Amplified talks about that they may have life and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. 
Amen. So how many know you should probably enjoy this life? That was so weak. Let's try that one more time. How many know you should probably enjoy this life? Amen. You know, as I've said before, a lot of times Christians look like they've been, uh, you know, baptized in lemon juice and, uh, you know, kind of sour and, uh, you know, ain't really enjoying it, thinking, you know, come Lord Jesus, come get me out of this mess. And uh, I've always found that if somebody's thinking that way, it's because you don't know who you are and what you have. Because if you know who you are, you know what you got, you know, what you got for yourself uh, in God, uh, you know what, you can actually enjoy this life. Amen. And you should enjoy it. I mean, people, if you're going to try to encourage people to receive the same God you've received, then it probably makes sense to actually have fun with this. Because uh, if they're looking at you thinking, you don't look like you're having any fun, why would I want to go your way? Amen. So, you know, uh, we need to have, we need to enjoy this life. Praise God. Let's look at another one now that you finally got that one up. Let's look at another one. What do we got here? The Passion Translation. A thief has only one thing in mind. Come on, how many know we have an enemy? He has one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy, but I've come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect life in its fullness until you overflow. Praise God. Now, how many know we have an enemy? We have a thief. We have an enemy. We have uh, a manipulator. He's referred to as a, a liar. He's the father of all lies. He's a, an accuser. Of the brethren, he, uh, you know, he uh, tries to, you know, really to be honest, he tries to keep everybody ignorant to the truth. So he tries to blind the minds, you know, the word says. And uh, so the enemy, that's that's really what he's about. He's trying to manipulate and lie and maneuver and 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 and, and you know somehow or another through the wiles or manipulations. The uh, the word says to not be ignorant of his devices, which just means mind trips, head trips. Uh, so that's how he works. He wants to somehow manipulate you into believing that this lower life is all you get. And that's a fact. And so he, you know, will try to manipulate you uh, into, uh, you know, somehow or another missing out on what God has expected for you. Praise God. Let's look at another translation and then we'll move on here. Praise God. So what do we got? The new living. So the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose, Jesus said, is to give them a rich and satisfying life. First John brings out the fact that uh, Jesus, his purpose was to destroy the works of the devil. Praise God. I like that. Praise God. So who's our enemy? Devil, devil right? So we have an enemy. Hallelujah. He's always bad, never good. He's always out to steal. Always out to kill, destroy. He's always out to manipulate, to, to lie, to maneuver, to somehow, some way uh, steal from you a life that you're called to. So what we've been doing is talking about resisting the enemy. You have to resist him. If you don't resist the enemy, guess what? He wins. It's a fact. So um, put, uh, let's put the James 4 verse 7 up there. So we've been talking about keys of resistance. I'm just going to kind of jump right into it. The keys of resistance. What's it going to take for us to resist our enemy? Amen. There's different keys that the Word talks about. Now, I'm going to throw this out here again. I think I touched on this probably a few weeks ago, but I'm going to do it again today. And that is this. There are two things the Lord will not do for you. All right, now, there's a lot of things He will do for you. There's two things he won't do for you. He's not going to receive for you. And he's not going to resist for you. Now, if you lean on him 
in your receiving and your resistance, he's right there to help. But you have to initiate the receiving and you have to initiate the resisting. Are you still with me? We're going to see some more of that here in a minute. All right, so the first thing we talked about is, first and foremost, we're going to have to submit ourselves to God. That's the first key. Okay, yield to God. Surrender to God. Let God lead you in some things. Amen. If you're not going to submit yourself to God, you're probably going to be chasing your tail all the time. Amen. You notice it said that before you resist. Amen. Submit before you resist. All right. Resistance is necessary. Amen. If you want the enemy to flee, but it it works better when you're first and foremost submitting yourself to God. Listen. Amen. Let God lead. Let God walk you through this thing. Are you still with me? That was the first thing we talked about. The next one we brought out was out of uh, Revelations 12. Talked about we overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony, and loving not our lives even unto death. Amen. And what that's talking about, praise God, is based on what Christ has done. How many know the blood of Jesus? Amen. We can resist the enemy based on what the blood, hallelujah, stands for, praise God, what the blood has done. We're redeemed because of the blood of the Lamb, praise God, based on what Christ has done. So when you take a stand on what Christ has done, your enemy already is backpedaling because you know what you have in Christ. Amen. Through the blood of the Lamb, through the word of our testimony, in other words, what He's doing right now. It pays to testify, to talk about what God's doing. Hey, God provided this week. Hey, God healed me this week. Praise God. Hey, God's moving right now in my household. Hallelujah. God has showed himself strong today. Man, I tell you what, the enemy just doesn't like to hear that mess. And he just, he just starts backing up, just thinks, you know what? If you're going to talk that way, I'm out of here. That's why it pays to talk about it. Talk about what God's doing. Amen. And it said they did not love their lives to the death. In other words, praise God, we're willing to go the distance. Because we know our God will never fail us, never turn his back on us. So the whole thing is being said here is we, re- we, we resist our enemies based on what Christ has done, what Christ is doing, and what Christ will continue to do for you. Amen. Can I hear a big amen? amen. Praise God. So that's a good thing. So we talked a bit about that. The next one, praise God, we went, out and went to Ephesians. We actually took two weeks talking about this, the armor of God. Put on the whole armor of God. Well, we talked all about it, what it's, why and how come and the importance of it. It says if you put on the whole armor of God, why? So you can stand against the wiles of the devil. you got to put on the armor. And you can't just put on whatever piece you like. you got to put the whole armor on. Amen. And then we also talked about, took some time talking about the sword of the Spirit, praise God. So not only the armor, but you also need your uh, sword of the Spirit. Amen. That's the speaking the Word of God, declaring the Word of God, just like Jesus did. It is written. Praise God. The enemy comes at him. It is written. He came at him again. It is written. Came at him again. It is written. You'd be amazed by just quoting the Word, how your enemy cannot stand it. Not many people do it, though, but you got to stand, hallelujah, against the wiles of the enemy. Amen. Put on the whole armor, praise God. Last week, Psalms 100, verse 4, please, we'll put that up. We talked about, praise God, the power of thanksgiving and the power of praise. Amen. How many know your mouth has got to be working for you? Look at your neighbor and say, get your mouth working for you. Oh, a lot of people rather grumble, gripe, and complain. That gets you in trouble. Whoo, children of Israel found that out. They cruised around in the wilderness for 40 years because of their griping. 
Now, I don't want that. I don't want to spend 40 years of my life cruising around in a desert because I gripe too much. Anybody else with me on that one? Am I alone? Amen. Praise God. We found out many things about the importance of, of uh, thanksgiving and praise and getting your mouth, amen, to begin to give thanks and how important it is that even when you don't feel, hallelujah, like I got nothing to thank, you just do it anyway. Praise God. Learn how to thank God and you'd be amazed how all of a sudden stuff begins to shift and change. The enemy's backpedaling, praise God, hallelujah, praising God, thanksgiving, praise God unto him, praise God for all that he's doing, all that he's done, praise God. We just give God thanks every day. We give God honor for what he does. Praise God. We just start doing that. Pretty soon the enemy's like, I ain't hanging out here no more. Huh? The word even says that your praise will silence him. I've had a lot of people over the years, you know, come up and say, they don't do it much anymore, but they used to come up and say, the devil keeps talking to me and telling me. I said, whoa, 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 brakes. Hold it. Who's telling you? Well, the devil keeps... What are you listening to him for? He's a liar. Just start giving God praise. And you might be amazed at how he'll shut up. Start talking about how good God is and what God's done and what God's doing. Amen. You might just be amazed at how the enemy just begins all of a sudden just back up, praise God, because you're willing to give God thanks and willing to give God praise anyhow. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. So today we're going to talk about a thing called prayer. A little thing called prayer. How many know prayer would probably be a good thing to use to resist your enemy? Somebody says, well, pastor, that's kind of a no-brainer. It's amazing how a no-brainer thing never gets used very often. It's a fact. Very few people do it. Now, they know about it. You know, they're aware of the fact that we probably should pray. I don't think there's a Christian out there that says, no, I don't think so. No, almost every Christian is going to say, yes, we need to pray. And then you might say, do you? You say, well, you know, I pray over my food. You know, I might pray over the kids as I lay them down and, uh, you know, at night or, or something, you know. But how many know we need, uh, you know, you need to have, uh, you know, a, a life of prayer. If you're going to resist your enemy, you've got to have this thing called prayer, amen, intact. Come on. So we're going to talk a little bit about prayer. There's a lot to be said about it. There's no way you can cover everything in, a, in one service, no way at all. But uh, we're going to do our best to at least give you some, you know, some basic principles and basic components to prayer to help you out a little bit and show you this really ain't all that complicated or difficult. Amen? You know what? If you, you know, part of that fun life, enjoying this life, once you start in, you know, getting involved in prayer and understanding the importance of prayer and then seeing the results of prayer, it makes life better. All of a sudden, it's like, hey, I'm kind of liking this life. Amen. Well, there you go. So one of the keys is prayer. So let's look at, uh, uh, Karen, let's put Colossians 4 up there. It just says to continue. Amen. Continue earnestly in prayer. Look at your neighbor and say, this is something you got to continue with. Hallelujah. It's not just, you know, once a week. Come on. But you got to continue with this. This should be a daily thing. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Praise God. Of course, we talked about thanksgiving last week. Praise God. It's the importance of it. Uh, and it actually, be honest about it, thanksgiving is a big key when it comes time to prayer. Well, what do, I, what do I start doing in prayer? How about you start thanking God just for all that He's doing? 
It just, it just starts. It just, just is a good thing, praise God. Amen. Let's look at, uh, put Ephesians 6, verse 18 up there, if you will, Karen. Thank you very much. Give Karen a hand clap. What a blessing she is. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. Now, this comes right after talking about the armor of God. And then it says, and it doesn't even, it doesn't even start a sentence. It's right in the middle of it. It just, it just, it just ends it, praise God. It says, praying always. I mean, put on the armor, pick up your sword, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints, praise God. Talking about a life of prayer. Now it says all prayer. Everybody say all prayer. Now if you look that up, in fact, the Amplified even brings it out. It means all manner of prayer. Now how many of those all kinds of manner of prayer that the scripture talk about? I mean, know that to be true. Amen. There's the prayer of faith. Talks about petition, supplication. You can see that here in this verse. Talks about the prayer of agreement. Talks about intercession. Talks about travail. Talks about even praying in the spirit. You know, praying in tongues. Even praying in the spirit. So there's all kinds of prayer. And it says here, praying always with all prayer. All manner of prayer, praise God. And there's all kinds of, you know, ways to pray, depending on what we're dealing with and what we're praying about, praise God. But prayer is important. There's all type of prayer. And the things we want to share today are maybe just these basic things, praise God, that just... You know, no matter what type of prayer we're talking about, there's still kind of the basic fundamentals in each one. Amen. And so, first thing I want to say is this. Everybody say, communion and dominion. Prayer is all about communion and dominion. It's about communion with the Father and dominion on planet Earth. Okay? All prayer. That's how it works. All right? There's a vertical thing called communion with the Father. Amen. And then there's a horizontal thing talking about dominion on planet Earth. You're called to change things. You're called to commune with the Father, and you're called to change things here on planet Earth. Can I hear a big amen? amen. Now, this word, um, prayer, you know, we all kind of have an idea. And if you look it up, it'll say everything from worship to, you know, talking and fellowship and communion. But the word is, is prosuke is the Greek word, prosuke. And pro uh, is, a, is a, uh, a root that refers to a direction, um, a direction or motion uh, toward uh, an individual, an, uh, a situation, a circumstance, uh, uh, some kind of activity, whatever it is. But it talks about motion toward, moving towards something, all right? Suke comes out of that word where soul, mind, will, emotions, uh, mental faculties, even if you look that word up, even in a concordance, it even uses one of the synonyms in there is the word even breath brings out it, which I thought was, you know, that probably fits in here because it's talking about where you, you have to be involved, where it's coming from you, your mind, your will, your your breath, every fiber you is going in a direction. In other words, prayer is about purpose. It's going somewhere. It's supposed to do something, praise God, Amen. Hallelujah. It's about communion and about dominion, praise God. And if you have an idea of that, if you get a hold of that, praise God, all of a sudden you realize every time that you spend time in prayer, pray. I notice nobody sits in the front row because of the spitting. Somebody even told me that the other day. I said, man, I ain't sitting up there. Spits on everybody. If we're going to, you know, if you begin to get involved and you start having fun with this communion and dominion, all of a sudden, praise God, 
Man, this thing gets, this thing starts having some fun. You start seeing something happen, praise God. Well, if you're going to push back the enemy, if you're going to resist him, you're going to have to start developing a prayer life, all right? So what I uh, want to do here, we're going to go to Matthew 6. We're going to spend the remainder of our time in Matthew 6. You might jump around here and there on a few uh, key verses here and there, but we're going to, for, for the most part, spend time here in Matthew 6, okay? So we're going to go to verse 5. <clears throat> Did you come to receive? Yeah. All right. Verse 5 says this. And when you pray, look at your neighbor and say, you're supposed to do something. You're going to kind of see that threaded throughout this whole thing. And when you pray, let me, I'm, Karen, I think I'll do is I'm going to go ahead and read down through verse 13, and we'll come back up to the verse again, okay? That's what we'll do. So when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners, right, uh, of the, or the corners of the street, and they, or pardon me, that they may be seen by men. Surely I say to you, they have their reward. But you, everybody say you. Hallelujah. You, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward, reward you openly. Praise God. Verse 7, and when you pray, you think he's trying to get something across here? And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, uh, do not... Uh, do, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things that you have need of before you ask. Everybody say, you ask. Okay, you, ha you have to do the asking. You ask Him. In this manner, therefore, most everybody knows this, right? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Amen. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, most everybody, you know, has heard that before. Come on, right? And so, you know, you've heard the Lord's Prayer. And, and uh, uh, you know, so uh, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna take a look at this today. Go back up to verse 5. And let's look at this. What we're going to first do is I'm going to give you um, really just some basic um, fundamentals first off of prayer that this is just just fundamental stuff if you want your prayer life to work these are just fundamental things it's kind of the way the lord talked to me years ago about it and and i've been basically every time i talk about uh, you know prayer things some of this is always going to come out somehow or another all right so verse five and when you pray look at your neighbor you got to be doing something tell them that you got to be doing you got to be praying you got to pray when you pray you shall not be like the hypocrite now, the hypocrite uh, really is talking about somebody of facade, um, somebody that's not being real. Um, they got uh, their own agendas. Uh, it's not really just talking about somebody that made a mistake. It's talking about somebody that's portraying one thing and really not living it, okay, or not real, okay? That's what it's talking about. Uh, don't be like the hypocrites. Now, you notice it says don't be like them. Okay, so don't be like. Don't be like the hypocrite. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the street that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. In other words, they're looking to be, you know, they're looking to portray that they've got this life of prayer. And deep down, they're just being a hypocrite. They really don't have a, a real life of prayer. It's just about being seen. So somehow they've missed the point about prayer. Are you still with me? Somebody said, well, well what, what, what changes that? A thing called fervency. In fact, put the uh, James 5 on the board. 
And he says, confess your trespasses one to another, pray for one another that you may be healed. But here's the part, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So obviously, there has to be something called effectual, fervent praying. So what does that mean? That means heartfelt. That means it's got to come from within. It's got to be real. Amen. Don't you think God knows you're being a phony if you're, not, if you're just being a phony? Come on, right? So God just look at first and foremost, God wants fervent prayer. Okay, it just means something real, something from the heart. Amen. And that's not too hard. Just be real. Every time you get ready to go to pray, just purpose in your heart, I'm going to be real. Come on now, listen, we can be, we can be so caught up, we can get in ruts, spiritual ruts, and, 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 and not be real. We just sit down. It's like praying over your food sometimes. You just quickly say it, and I've been guilty of this myself. You say it, just say your food, and eat. Rub a dub dub, thanks for the grub. Yay, Jesus. <laughs> you know, and you know, you kind of think, you know, okay, maybe, you know, maybe you really didn't have any, you know, any, you know, heartfelt thing going on here. And you can do that, just say things because you know, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's funny to me. Um, you know, the Lord's Prayer, um, it's a, uh, you know, uh, 90% of the Christian churches out there probably every Sunday quote the Lord's Prayer. Come on. And, you know, you can, you can quote the Lord's Prayer in about 20 seconds. You know, our Father, we guard in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thank you, amen. The will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. And some people, you know, just kind of, in fact, I remember, you know, growing up as a small kid, I remember seeing them, you know, they all kind of, all, you just had this kind of this, this kind of this, this, hum across the whole congregation as they were doing it. It's kind of like, wow. And they'd all be, you know, doing something. And my mom would be over here, you know, fidgeting through her purse and while they're saying it because it just, you just kind of memorize it and you just kind of say it. And okay, we did our part and we move on to the next part of the service. And, and the whole time there was no heart in it. Come on. You try to ask, you know, what, what, what did you just pray? Huh? Well, the Lord's Prayer. Well, what, do you, what was it about? I don't know. It's just the Lord's Prayer. He said, pray it. So we pray it. Really? Uh-huh. Well, what do you, I mean, you don't have any idea what, no, it's just, we just do what God said. We just do it. That's what we did. Stop asking questions. Come on. And so you miss out on what, you know, you, there's nothing really, there's no, nothing coming, nothing heartfelt. It's just something we just, we just quote. And there's nothing wrong with quoting the word, but it's, you know, but if it ain't coming from the heart, then you end up being no different than that hypocrite. So you're here sitting in a service quoting the Lord's Prayer because if you don't quote it, the next neighbor's going to look at you and go, why did you quote it? What's wrong with you? Oh, nothing. Uh-oh. You don't know the Lord's Prayer? Yes, I do. I, I know it. Okay. So now we're all just always about what everybody else thinks. Okay, anyway, moving right along. I, I, it's amazing to me about a lot of that, though, the things that he talks about not doing is the things we all do. So I'm not going to be like the hypocrite. So the only way to, to avoid that is I got to have something heartfelt, something that shows some depth, some sincerity of feeling, praise God. In other words, not just facade, not just trying to do whatever we do and just move on, somehow appease my conscience because I said this or I said that or I did this or somebody saw me do that or somebody saw me pray that. It's got to come from the heart. If you want prayer to work, it's got to come from the heart. Fervent, effectual, fervent prayer avails much. One translation says, makes much power available, dynamic in its doing. Hallelujah. Well, that's the kind of prayer I want. So that means i got to have something from the heart. 
something heartfelt. Hallelujah. Something real. Hallelujah. And I many a times, you know, sit down in the mornings. I always have my prayer time in the mornings, or at least my uh, personal quiet time in the mornings. And uh, so I'll sit down, and sometimes you get going, and there's certain things you do and pray, and, and then all of a sudden I realize, you know what? I'm doing that. I kind of got caught in a rut. So I, 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 you know what I do? I stop right then. I apologize. I say, Lord, forgive me for this religious rut. I rebuke that lie. Hallelujah. And in the name of Jesus, you know, I'm going to be more fervent here. Amen. And you just step back, change gears, go for it. Praise God. Make sure it's coming from the heart. Come on now. I don't care who you are. Amen. You can get caught in a rut with that kind of stuff. Anybody hearing me today? So, praise God. First things, everybody say fervent. Are you taking notes? Better be. Everybody say fervent. All right. Verse 6. Back to... Matthew 6, 6, 6. But you, when you pray, go into your room. One says, your closet. Might even use that word translation says. Into your room. And when you have shut your door, means you go all the way in, shut the door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So here's the next one. So first one's what? Fervent. Next one, here it is, focused. What's he talking about? Does it mean that we all have to have a closet? Well, I don't know. There's some houses I've been in. I don't know if I could even get myself in their closet. <laughs> so what's that mean? I mean, oh, you better sell your house and get a bigger house because you've got to have a bigger closet. Because if your prayer life's going to work, you've got to be in the closet, man. I mean, oh, I mean, oh, it isn't really so much talking about a closet. It's talking about, amen, no distractions. That's why you go in and shut the door. It's talking about whatever you do, wherever you go in the time of prayer, not only are you fervent, you've got to be focused. And the only way to be focused is to eliminate distractions. It's hard to pray when you're constantly doing everything else or thinking about everything else. So you're not focused. So that's how you get in ruts because you don't get focused. Sometimes our prayer life ain't working because we're not focused. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. We got to be focused in our time of prayer. Somebody say, well, you know, I, I pray when I get in the shower and I pray when I get in my truck and I, Pray right before we get one to the job site. And, well, that's all wonderful. We, that's grateful. We want you to do that. But, but a lot of times, you know, you're, you're just kind of, you know, saying something and you're going along. You're, you're just still caught up in what you got to do for the day and what's going on here, what's going on there. You know, uh, you know uh, what am I making for lunch? What am I going to do over here? How am I going to, uh, you know, assemble this? How am I going to do this? And the whole time you're, you're praying something, but you're off somewhere else. Now listen, I'm trying to give you just some basic fundamentals. This is how prayer works. You got to be fervent. It's got to come from the heart. And you got to be focused. You got to eliminate distractions. Amen. Learn how to have time that's away from everything else. Is anybody hearing me? Guys, that man cave is not just to park all your good stuff. And to make sure you can watch ball games by yourself. That man cave makes a great prayer place. get a lot of response out of my men but amen hallelujah you have to learn to, to move into a place of prayer that's not only coming from the heart but you gotta be focused everybody say focused 
Hallelujah. Put, uh, put Psalms 91. Uh, he talks about the secret place in this, in this verse. He who dwells in the secret place, that quiet place, a place where it's just you and him. He dwells in that secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Amen. And I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. In or pardon, my God, in Him I will trust. Praise God. Now, there's a whole lot said in Psalms 91. We'll come back to Psalms 91 here in a bit. But the bottom line is all this stuff in Psalms 91 manifests because it starts with verse 1. Put verse 1 back up there again. Because I'm dwelling, I'm remaining, I'm continuing in the secret place of the Most High. I'm abiding then under the shadow of the Almighty because, amen, no distractions, amen. In fact, the word dwell is referring to uh, really taking up residence, not just a casual visitor. Come on. Now listen, a lot of people don't take time to pray, but those that do can get in a rut where we just kind of do a certain thing, we go through emotions and not even realize that we've never really connected. It needs to be fervent, come on, heartfelt, and it needs to be focused. You've got to remove distractions. Don't you think God deserves your undivided attention anyway? I mean, really. I mean, really. I mean, you know, if you were sitting there talking to your spouse and, and they're trying to tell you something, talking, you just kind of... <laughs> And they're saying, are you listening? Hello? What, what, what? I'm listening. No, you're not. You're all over the map. Right? Well, you know, you know that spouse is going to look at you and think, that's rude. You think, well, yeah, probably is. I wouldn't want him to do that to me either. But we do it to God all the time. So he goes, now, nah, wait up. No, 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 no. Now, listen, I'm trying to help you. These are just basic fundamentals. It's got to be fervent. It's got to be focused. Okay, let's look at the next verse. Go back to Matthew 6. And this time, what are we at? Verse 7. Verse 7. You still with me? Yes. All right. Verse 7 says this. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. And that's what, you know, kind of was talking about earlier. A lot of times we go on, that's most people's prayer life is nothing but vain repetition. Okay, but vain repetition uh, is referring to uh, tedious, empty chatter, okay? You get religious and repetitious, okay? But here we go. Fervent, focused, here's another one, free-flowing, baby, free-flowing. Free-flowing. Well, what's that all about? Well, it's about being sensitive to God. Amen. Pretty soon as you're free-flowing, you'll be amazed as you start connecting. Because you're fervent, your heart's in it, because you're focused, all of a sudden you realize that this prayer life is not just a one-way street. Come on now, it's a two-way street. And all of a sudden there's leadings and biddings that start to come and you start becoming free-flowing, praise God, where all of a sudden, man, well, maybe yesterday you might have prayed about all this, but today you feel this situation over here is the thing you got to kind of focus your energies into, praise God, because the Spirit of God begins to lead. I said He begins to lead. Remember we talked about, you know, submit to God first and then resist is where this all comes in because what happens is now I'm letting God lead on what I need to do. 
You know, you're over here swinging at the enemy, and all you're doing is beating at the air, making no connections, and wondering why the enemy won't leave. God says, uh, let's, let's turn a few degrees to the right. His head's going. And you're thinking, hey, it's fun when you connect. See, I'm talking about getting results. Prayer life should have results. So it ought to be free-flowing. It ought to be, you know, led. As you begin to go, pretty soon you start getting a bidding. You start getting a leading on what you need to pray and what you should do, praise God. I think I put 2 Corinthians. Is that the text I put up there on that one, Karen? 2 Corinthians 2 says this, Now thanks be to God who what? Always leads us in triumph. When God leads, it works. It works. Some say, well, I need to pray about this. No, right now you're just emotionally caught up in it. Just leave that alone. If God ain't leading you to do it, just leave it alone for a minute. No, no, I got to deal with it. No, 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 just, just let God lead you. Let God start bringing things. Listen, you want to you connect. You want to go out of your prayer time with some results. Sometimes we're all worked up about something, and you're not going to get anywhere anyway because you're all worked up about it anyway. It's kind of hard to be in faith when you're in fear. It's absolutely true. You're in fear about this, and you ain't going to get nothing done in faith because you're too fearful of everything. So Spirit of God, just say, leave that alone. We'll talk about that later. Let's start dealing with this. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God begins to So everybody say, free flowing. Free Somebody says, well, now, come on, Pat. Listen, I'm telling you, you want to have fun in your prayer life? This is how it works. It's got to be fervent. It's got to be focused. It's got to be free flowing, praise God. Amen. We ought to let God lead us, guide us. Amen. You might be amazed how much fun you have, how much life, praise God, that you begin to get in your time of prayer. Praise the Lord. You begin to avoid that lifeless uh, ruts and lifeless routines. And, and life, prayer life, just be, it just becomes fun now. Amen. You know, it doesn't even have to be long. It's not like you got to, you know, be in prayer for, you know, six hours a day. Now, if you got time for it, praise the Lord. But if you don't, man, most people I find probably don't have that kind of time every day. But you know what? You just start spending a little time. You go into this thing with your heart locked on. You're in fervent. Hallelujah. You're, you're coming with a heartfelt, fervent prayer. Hallelujah. And you're focused on what you got to do. And you begin to start moving in a direction. Spirit of God now begins to talk to you about things. Praise God. He'll steer you this way or that way. He'll talk to you about this and about that. He'll give you insight and understanding about this and about that. And all of a sudden, man, it's like, man, we're getting somewhere. We're no longer just sitting there spinning our wheels. We're gaining some ground here. Praise God. So back to Matthew 6 and verse 8 now. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things that you have need of before you ask Him. Now you think about it. Now if God already knows what I need, then why, then why are we praying? Have you ever heard that one? I've heard that one so many times. Well, you know, God already knows what you need. There's no need to pray. No, it says you ask. Yeah, he knows. But, you know, if you're being led, see, now listen, he'll start guiding you and directing you. And it says, amen, you have to ask. Because you, listen, prayer is about communion and dominion. So you're connecting right here. You're communion with him. And as you're doing that, he begins to lead you concerning dominion right here on planet Earth. 
starts guiding you on what needs to be done. All right? First one is what? Fervent. What's the second one? Oh, you're good. What's the third one? Free-flowing, praise God. And the fourth one, faith-based, baby. Faith-based. You think, well, huh? So you ask. What do you ask? Well, according to 1 John 5, put that up there. This is the confidence, the boldness, the assurance that we have. Amen. This is the confidence that we have in Him. Amen. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, then whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of Him. See, you're the one supposed to ask. Well, then what do we ask? Well, listen, if you want to have confidence in what you're praying, then you probably should know what you're praying. Somebody said, well, listen, Pastor, uh, I don't know the will of God. Nobody knows the will of God. I've heard that mess. I think, why do you say nobody knows the will of God? God is not trying to keep anything from you. The word is real clear. It says to, to not be unwise, but understand the will of the Father. Praise God. Hallelujah. I pray that you're filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual. God wants you to know His will. Now, what is the closest we have to knowing the will of God? Bingo, right there. Hallelujah. Give that girl a prize. It's the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. Praise God. Somebody says, well, I, I, I don't know the whole Bible. No, you don't. Some days I'm very much aware of that. I don't know the whole Bible either, but I know a bunch of it. Amen. And I know when I begin to pray certain things, I know what verses to jump on. Amen. And how about this? You know, God isn't even all that moved if you actually read your Bible to Him. Somebody said, what? Oh, yeah. See, you say, you know, I'm standing on the Word of God about, about healing in my body. And you might start grabbing a verse say, you know, by his stripes, ye were healed. He bore my sickness and carried my diseases. Amen. Forgave my iniquities and healed all my diseases. Praise God. You start finding verses. You say, well, Pastor, I can't quote all that stuff. But you know what? You got, you got ministry helps out there all the time. They can help you find verses. You can say, "Woo, there's a good verse right there. Father, I just thank you right now. Woo, I praise you right now for wholeness of body. I'm standing right now according to the B-I-B-L-E. This verse right here says, praise God, that by your stripes I was healed. Somebody says, well, is that cheating? Only on the devil. You can cheat on him. But as far as the Father's concerned, praise God, what are you doing? You're praying His will. So verse 14 again, put that up there, <clears throat> says this is the confidence, the assurance that you have. What? That if you ask anything according to His will. So you're saying, listen, I'm asking something according to the Word of God. I'm asking according to His will. And I know if I ask according to His will, guess what? The Bible says this. He hears me. Hey, oh, I might as well pray something He's going to hear. So I pray the word of God. He hears me. And then verse 15 says, and if we know, because you got confidence, if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Now, why is this so important? Because you should leave your prayer time with some confidence that what you prayed, you're going to receive. If you're not, I suggest go back in there. And stay fervent, focused, free-flowing, and faith-based. That's pretty good, right? You can, you can remember those things, right? Did you get them all down at once? Okay, you got them. Good, okay. 
Now, these are just basic fundamentals. I don't care what kind of prayer we're praying. This works. It works. Now, let's go to the Lord's Prayer. So verse 9. Somebody says, well, it already says what to pray. Nothing wrong with, nothing wrong with praying it, but I just want to say it says in this manner, in this fashion, in this, in this likeness, okay? Uh, in fact, uh, let's see, I've also got some other definition down here. It means um, a way of doing or a mode of action, mode of operation. So in this manner. So uh, sometimes we have to understand that Jesus wasn't necessarily saying, make sure you pray this exact prayer. Okay, nothing wrong with it. You can do it, but you have to understand, he's giving you a way. He's showing you, in a sense, an outline. This is how prayer works. Because they're asking you, I, I mean, I, I, uh, you know, what do you do? Well, it should start with, a, right, a vertical connection. Well, who are you praying to? Well, it should start with a, your Father who's in heaven. Blessed or hallowed be your name. That's where it should start. Prayer works better when you begin to first just take some time and begin to honor Him. You know, you, you know somebody might pray, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. And let me tell you, did you think you connected? Just saying. Okay? You might even sing it. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now, it might be a little closer if you're doing it really hard. and It could be, you know. But most of the time, we didn't connect. So we're talking about now, I'm going to take some time, first and foremost, and begin to tell him how much I'm thankful Begin to connect with him, tell him much I'm grateful. He's my healer. He's my deliverer. You know, the word uh, Proverbs, uh, Proverbs 18, is that what I gave you, Karen? It says this, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it. You notice that? Run to it and are safe. Run to the name, right? The name. Now, the name, um, back to uh, Matthew uh, 6 there, the name, of course, first and foremost, um, it, it, it means authority and character, okay? So I'm going to start lifting him up, his name, I'm going to begin to hallow his name or bless his name, his authority and his character. I begin to just give him thanks for who he is. Well, who is he to you? I mean, who is he to you? You know, Jesus one time walking along with the boys, you know, and they're all walking along, and he says, hey, uh, uh, what's the rumors out there? Well, man, some people say you're John the Baptist. You're raised from the dead. Some people say you're a prophet of God. You're doing this. You're a great guy, a great guy here doing this and doing great things here. He said, hey, great, praise the Lord. But who am I to you? Because that's what it really comes down to. Who am I to you? Well, Peter, like always, piped up and said, you know, this time he got the pat on the back. You're the Christ, the son of the living God. Woo! Way to go, Peter. Way to go. Of course, he got in trouble a few minutes later. But anyway, he got one thing right. What was it? To him, he was the Christ. He was the, the anointed one. Amen. He could see the benefits of him and see all the things that happened. It was around it, seeing it go on. You're, you're the Christ. You're the anointed one, the son of the living God. I mean, you're it. Okay? But then a few minutes later, he forgot it. Now, the point being, hallowed be your name. Who is he to you? Now, years ago, um, we took, you know, we've done things like uh, the redemptive names. 
the fathers, you know, through, especially through the Old Covenant, you see a lot of it. You know, Jehovah Sidkenu, Jehovah Mekadesh, Jehovah, you know, uh, Nisi, Jehovah, uh, you know, uh, there's Jehovah Rohi, uh, there's El Elyon, Elohim, Elohim uh, there's uh, Baltarism, which is the master of breakthroughs. There's, uh, you know, there's I am that I am. I mean, there's all kinds of redemptive names, and each one has a purpose. And so uh, years ago, I just, I just, you know, that was something that kind of stirred in me. So I just took the time to go through those names. And so a lot of times then when I came to my prayer time, in the beginning of, of just taking time to just honor his name, there would be times that those, one of those things would come up. Like, you know, he's, uh, you, know, uh, you know, my healer, my deliverer, my provider. You know, someone would just come up. I just want to thank you that you, you are my righteousness. You are my sanctification. You are my redemption. You are my peace. You are my all in all. I mean, you just, just all of a sudden, it's like prayer takes on a whole new meaning because you start right off the get-go beginning to honor him in who he is. You don't think you're going to have the, 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 the ear of the Father when you start doing that? You know, a lot of people is like, hi, Lord, I'm Jack, get the devil off my back. I'm Jimmy, gimme, gimme, gimme. <laughs> Goodbye. And that's about the extent of a bunch of people's prayer. And uh, that's, you know, you're probably not going to see a lot of results. And you're called to, listen, now we're talking about the whole thing in context. We're talking about the abundant life that you're called to and the way to receive the abundant life, at least one of those things that has to happen is you got to resist your enemy, and part of that resistance comes through a prayer life. And if you're going to pray, you might as well get results. So, I'm going to be fervent, focused, free-flowing, hallelujah, and faith-based, praise God. And it starts off with giving Him honor for who He is, begin to lift up His name, begin to give Him thanks, praise God, for all that He's doing, praise God. Begin to just lift Him up. You'll be amazed. All of a sudden, you start getting into it. You're, you're into it now. You're not watching your clock going, oh, i got to get my prayer time done in 10 minutes. If I don't get it done in 10 minutes, uh, uh. it's going to have some life. You say, man, whew, you come out of this thing, praise God, with some, believe it, man, you, you, made, you made a connection. Hallelujah. So it starts with blessing his name, praise God, hallowing his name. What's verse 10 say? Go back to that. Verse 10, your kingdom come, your will be done. And that kind of goes back to this, you know, being, you know, faith-based, you know, talking about your will. Now I'm going to start making declarations. Your kingdom, the word kingdom, basilium, I think is the word, uh, Basilia, I think it is. And uh, it means rule, reign, or realm. Okay, so the rule, reign, or realm of God. So your kingdom, your rule, your reign, your realm, amen, hallelujah, come. Amen, your will be done, right? Heaven on earth, days like heaven on earth, your will be done. Where? On earth as it is. In other words, you start, uh, you start making declarations, amen, of God's will. You begin to start pro professing out your mouth, your will be done. Your will be done in this household. Your will be done in this church. Your will be done in my marriage. Your will be done in my kids. They will serve you. Come on, somebody. All the days of their life. Hallelujah. Your will be done. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Your rule, your reign, your realm loosed into this situation. 
right here in Redmond, Oregon. Prineville. Tumalo. Ben, thank you. Somebody's got to, somebody lives in Ben, right? You don't live in Ben, but you, you're looking out for the Ben people, ain't you? Amen. Crooked River Ranch. Terrebonne. Sisters. Madras. Your will be done in Central Oregon. Well, you got to start making declarations. Somebody says, well, pastor, you're just kind of emotional. I'm just not that emotional. You know, you get into prayer, you might be amazed how emotional you get. All of a sudden, this thing's kind of fun. I'm enjoying this prayer time. Hallelujah. You shouldn't dread your time with God. You should actually be enjoying it. So you make declarations. You invoke the will of God, His heart, His plans, His motives. Praise God. And I put Ephesians 5, 17. Uh, Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand the will, uh, what the will of the Lord is. Praise God. Which means you can. Praise God. You know, um, a lot of people say, well, you know, His ways are higher and His thoughts are, uh, you know, beyond ours and, and all that. And you, you, know, you don't want to start professing that, quoting that. So, well, that's the Word of God. Yeah, but who's He talking to? So I'd recommend before you start quoting that, you go, go look who he's talking to. Because he ain't talking to you. Unless you're the rebellious one. Then he's talking to you. Come on. Because it's a, you, you know, you're, you're going to go down that, and you're going to live that way and do that. He says, your ways, my ways are beyond yours. My thoughts are, listen, you need to come over here, hook up. And it even goes on to say, take that word. Amen. And so that word, and that word will begin to change how you think. Amen. Change all that. So now all of a sudden your thoughts can start lining up with his thoughts. Your ways can begin to line up with his ways. Praise God. Can I hear a big amen? amen. Woo! God is not trying to keep anything from anybody. Somebody says, well, they're mysteries. Yes, but the worst is clear. The mysteries are for you, not hidden from you. They're hidden for you. Still with me? Okay, that's a whole other sermon. All right, let's go to verse real quick back here. We're wrapping her up. Verse 11. Now, what we do is start, we start, uh, we start now, or pardon me, invoking the will of God. Verse 11. Give us this day our... Woo! You think that's just talking about, you know, sourdough bread? I don't think it's just talking about sourdough bread. Although, if you need sourdough bread, I guess it could be your sourdough bread provider, but it's talking about whatever needs you may have. So it's talking about provision. So you begin to, you know, stand on your provision. So you're now, right, you're doing, see, remember, it starts with this vertical thing, and now all of a sudden, we're taking care of some business here on the horizon, amen, on earth here, and one of those things is God becomes your provider. Are you still with me? Hallelujah. So needs get met. Philippians 4 and 19 says that He meets all your needs, right? Come on, He'll supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's a good promise right there. So that's one of those things you might pray when you're starting to say, my God meets all my needs, praise God, according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Praise God. All right, let's look at another one here. All this is invoking the will of God. Forgive us our debts as we forget our debtors. Debtors, in verse 12 there, of um, back to Matthew 6. 
Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Some, some uh, use the word trespasses. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive our trespassers. Huh? Now, think about that. What, what's going on right there? It's, to me, it's about consecration. I just, that's what I wrote, consecration. You know why? Because it's about setting yourself apart. Amen. And, uh, you know, anytime that you're sitting here dealing with this, it's inevitable. The Spirit of God begins to talk to you about things. And so, you know, one of those things, you know, you may want God to move something on your behalf, and he may bring to your attention, you know, that brother you won't release would be a good place to do that. Why? So that way I can move on your behalf. Come on, so what's happening? The whole time you're in prayer, and the Spirit of God's talking to you about things. Amen? I was in the middle of prayer one time. The Spirit of God says, you know, I was dealing with, with a health issue. Uh, it was actually my teeth, and I was praying, Lord, uh, you know, I'm praying about he's my healer. And I'm thinking, I'm not getting any results, and I don't know what the problem is. And so I'm in, in the middle of prayer, and the Spirit of God goes, you have ought in your heart. You have unforgiveness in your heart. And I'm like, no, I don't. Not so, Lord. You know, and I'm thinking of, you know, it wasn't, I, we, we moved out here to Oregon, and I, we hadn't lived in Oregon very long, and I was thinking, I'm thinking everybody I know in Oregon. I'm thinking, I don't know who I'm mad at or who I'm upset with. And I said, Lord, I just don't know who I, and also he started reeling off names. I mean, names. And I'm going, there's all these people back in Nebraska. I thought, well, I don't even live there no more. Who cares? <laughs> but no. And so I'm, 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 I'm thinking, I'm, you know, at that time, I'm like, I'm hurt, and I'm like, you know, it'd be worth getting some results here. So I start, I release him, I release her, I release him. And I just started going down the list and just release. And then he mentioned a name. I went, whoa, Briggs, hold it. Uh-uh. That guy, no, no way. And he just kind of left me alone. You think, well, what? He just left me alone. He just walked, it's, like, it's like he walked out of the room. And all of a sudden, it's like. <laughs> and I'm thinking, you know, it'd be worth uh, getting rid of this pain right now. Not that God was doing it, but, you know, you, God walks away, and you're all alone. You're, you're exposed. It ain't fun. And, I, you know, I, I, I'd like to get some results concerning my prayer of healing. So I, amen, fervent, focused, free-flowing, faith-based. Come on, doing this. I'm connecting here. I want this thing changed. What do I do? I follow him. So I purposed my heart to forgive him, this man. And, and I did. I, I, kinda, I knew in my heart right then I just released him. I said, okay, I, I released him. And I, I had a little conversation with God about it. I'm not going to go into all that. But it took a little while. But, but, but I got it, okay? And, and the point is, is I, I released him. And when I did, listen, listen, instantly, 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 the pain, poof, gone. It was the only thing holding it up. So, you know, when we start talking about changing things, you start connecting with God, and God's showing you're dealing with this, and God starts talking about this and talking about that, how to do this and put this, and then all of a sudden he goes, now let's, let's work on you for a minute. <sighs> okay. Now, some people think, uh, at least I always thought, it's like, God, don't you ever work on anybody else? Why are you always working on me? But, come on, sometimes it feels that way, but it's not true. He works on everybody if you'll let him. And I just thought, you know, it'd be better to have him work on me so I can get some results. Everybody say, consecration. consecration. Amen. One more. Let's look at this. Verse uh, 13. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So talking about direction. Okay. God starts leading you. 
Now, from what? Do you think God tempts you? James 1 tells you, don't ever say it. He says, you know, James 1 and 14, he says that the only way a person's tempted is because they're, they're led. Come on, they're, you know, they're led. See, they're drawn away by their own desires. And so he's trying to say, listen, if you let him, God will steer you away from those things that always tempt you. Now, the other, the, another verse I'm, I'm thinking of is, uh, the, we went a little bit further into Psalms 91, it says, and he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler. So he's talking about delivering you from the evil one. He's talking about, listen, not, not just wait until you've been pounded by the enemy before he shows up. He says, I'd like to steer you away from that mess. So that's why a daily prayer life is so important. Because part of it is direction. See, it's not only provision, not only consecration and changing, but he begins to give you direction about what to do, what not to do. Amen. Where to go, where to avoid. Don't go that way because it's just a trap. I want to deliver you from all the traps. That's good, right? That's a cool thing. You know, most of the time we, we pray for miracles because we didn't, Pray for the leading. We didn't get direction before, so now we end up in the trap. Here we are now. Now we need a miracle to get out of it. And we spend most of our lives only going to God to get out of our trap that we got caught up in. And the whole time God said, I would have I steered you away from that. You'd have never even, you would have never even fall prey to that. Is that good? Now back to verse 13 again, and it goes on. In, uh, we'll just wrap it up right here. I know I've gone a few extra minutes over here. Uh, verse 13, is that right? Karen 6, 13, is that right? And Matthew? Oh, we lost her again. All right, let me read it. Okay. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So what is that? What are we doing here? Oh, see, it's the same way you start, you end. Somebody said, what? This is how prayer works, man. It starts right here. Vertical starts there and ends there. Man, all prayer, it's going to work better if you start giving God honor and praise for who He is and you end, praise God, giving Him thanks for what He's doing, how He's working on planet Earth, how He's moving here and doing this. I mean, it's amazing how prayer works when you start and finish, praise God, with giving Him thanks and honor. Can I hear a big amen? Now listen, I didn't give you a whole lot, but all I gave you today, praise God, was some, some components, some, uh, some principles, praise God, that work in the area of prayer. Amen. Hallelujah. Gave you some, uh, some fundamentals and gave you some components to prayer. So the next time that you read through this, amen, don't just see it as some quick thing to read, but take a little bit of time and get to understand what, what he's talking about. And all of a sudden, your prayer life changes. All of a sudden, it's like, man, this is, this is kind of fun. It might take a few more minutes to do this, but you just find that all of a sudden now you're enjoying it. You're walking out of this thing with some confidence. You know you're connected. You know you're getting something done, praise God, because my prayer is about communion with Him and about dominion on planet Earth, praise God. And we're not only going to connect with Him, but we're going to change things on planet Earth. Can I hear a big amen? Come on. Hallelujah. Why don't you all stand up? Praise the Lord. Thank you again for a few extra minutes there. Praise the Lord. God is good. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we give you praise and honor. We're thankful. 
for all that we heard today. And, Lord, I know a lot said fast. But, Lord, we just thank you and praise you. Hallelujah, that we had ears to hear it hearts to receive it, that, Lord, truly opening the eyes of our understanding, we have some clarity, hallelujah, some wisdom about it, praise God, some understanding, praise God. And I just thank you and praise you for a people, Lord God, that are leaving this place, hallelujah, with a little bit more, hallelujah, a little more tools in the tool belt, so to speak, praise God, when it comes time to their prayer life. And, Father, we give you the praise and the glory for it. Thank you for a people of prayer. A people, Lord God, who lean on you, trust in you, praise God. A people that know how to submit themselves to you and how to resist their enemy. And for that, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Give the Lord praise. Come on, somebody. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.